Podcast episode 73. You can find me, Mo, on Twitter at FFMOZ. We heard a little bit of the Stone Roses for the intro music today. The song is Waterfall. As always, check out the Stone Roses. The intro song is played in its entirety at the end. That Stone Roses Waterfall. I believe it's from their self entitled album from 89. Today on the podcast, episode 73 of the Pyro Light. Welcome him back once again, Dave T. Thomas. Talking rookie quarterbacks and tight ends, even get a little kicker conversation and some defenses in there for you fantasy players. Enjoy. Okay, Pyro, light fantasy football fans, this is FF Mose, and I am here once again with our friend Dave T. Thomas, NFL scout for over 50 years. You can hear him on uh, the Scouts Honor podcast with Paul Crane. Dave, good to talk to you again, sir. Hey, big guy. We're getting on to uh, the strong-arm guys. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks, and then we'll jump over to my favorite position. My name, Dave T., on the John Mackey Award Committee. Obviously, tight ends is one of my favorite spots. Yeah, mainly rookie quarterbacks, rookie tight ends on today's show. Uh, But before we got going, we were talking some other positions, and I don't often go to them, but kickers. Uh, you were saying there were some interesting spots, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, with some kicker developments. Well, not only that, would this probably be a residual effect for the Chicago Bears? Cario Santos, he's looking over his shoulder right now at fifth-round draft pick Matt Gay. Matt Gay is a long-distance kicking machine. Now, I'm looking at a situation not only turning him over to place-kicking job, but giving him a lot of opportunities to kick. We know that Jameis Winston is prone to those interceptions, but we've got to look at the three-headed coaching monster there. Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwood and now Tom Moore down there. Could this be the three coaches that finally are able to whisper in Jameis Winston's ear? If so, that offense is really going to be moving well. But the big thing is whether Winston's able to get them down there for a six or set them up for a three. I'm much more comfortable with Gay coming in as my place kicker than turning around and putting Santos out there. You go look at the situation with Minnesota. I mean, here's everybody talking about the Jets or Chicago jumping on the Baltimore raving uh, kid, uh, Kari Vedvik. Now, all of a sudden, Minnesota takes this guy. I look at Dan Bailey last year. I think, what was he, 4 of 9 or 4 of 11 between the 40 to 49-yard range? Those are gimmies for me. So if I got a guy missing uh, more than two-thirds of his kicks in that region, and I go ahead and pull a trade over here, I don't care what Zimmer's saying is I like Dan Bailey. Well, I like Dan Bailey, too, but he's not the guy I want on my team. Vedrick is the type. Everybody talks about Greg DeLeg with his legs. Gay and Vedrick right now could challenge uh, Greg DeLeg out with the Rams as far as leg strength goes. And you know one thing, those three points could add up at the end of the season. They do, and, uh, you know, especially the leagues, dynasty, or uh, regular redraft leagues that play with kickers, that can be to a player's advantage if they really understand the kicker and know who's good. So those are some names to watch. You like Gay, uh, you like... Uh, the, so do you like the backup there, Vedvik, in Minnesota, or do you like oh, Bailey? Vedvik, Vedvik, they did not trade for Vedvik to put him okay. as their punter or anything. Right. Dan Bailey's He's out the door. right now on the depth oh, chart, I think. Well, the way I look at Dan Bailey right now, Dan Bailey is the mistake by the state of a thousand lakes. So, you know, Bailey will probably end up auditioning for Chicago when cut. you got to look at the Jets, too. The Jets have a situation where – I think the Jets in Chicago right now are in precarious situations as far as their place kickers go, and that could come down to spelling disaster for them during the season. 
Yeah, the Jets, uh, one guy on the team, I believe. Uh, Bertole, Taylor Bertole. Um, well, you know, they had a guy go out there and miss a couple of extra points and decide to get, why well, yeah, I'm going to do Roberto, uh, Roberto Duran. No mas, man, I'm going home. So he did Eric Cartman. He packed up his football and left. Well, and Tampa Bay certainly interesting. A team uh, many fantasy players are talking about. But Cairo Santos, he was the guy that was taken like third round a couple of years ago, right? And he's second mm-hmm. behind Matt Gay. Yeah, but look at the way he fell by the wayside last yeah. year. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy that was more uh, was just basically a fill-in with two teams that had injuries at that position. Now they go out and invest a fifth-round draft pick. I know this is a team that a couple of years ago invested a second-round draft pick that turned out to be a major blunder, but Gay's a different element, my friend. Well, and granted, that was all before Arians' uh, different staff that <laughs> took that pick. But a guy on the team that a lot of dynasty, a lot of redraft players, DFS guys are going to be all over, is uh, Chris Godwin, who's uh, number two on the roster behind Mike Evans. Do you like Godwin? Oh, I like Evans. Uh, I like Godwin a lot. But, you know, I'm looking at a situation, too, is I got to go look at Indianapolis. Everybody's worried about uh, Andrew Luck coming back on the football (sighs) field because, you know, every time we turn around, it's a different injury. But, you know, they've been keeping quiet about it. But Adam Vinatieri's been having problems in camp with his leg. I mean, if Vinatieri's not able to go, boy, oh, boy, losing your quarterback and your instant Mm -hmm. three points over there, that could spell disaster for the Colts. Yeah, Vinatieri is listed as questionable. Wilkins is questionable. Paris Campbell's listed as questionable. So they're banged up. And, yeah, Andrew Luck, now they're saying it's, what, extended to the bone? It's not not just the calf. It's also a bone injury, and it's extending to the ankle. It's crazy what's going on with how they treat injuries there. Well, it, it will not only treat injuries, they've been a fountain of misinformation. Let's go back mm-hmm. a couple of years ago with the Andrew Luck situation. I mean, here's a guy that the trainer's saying calf, the general manager's yep. saying ankle, the owner is saying bone bruise. What's Andrew Luck saying? Oh, I'll be out there on week one. Yeah, you'll be out there on week one, but I see him out there on week one with a clipboard on his hands rather than his uh, throwing glove. Well, and what about the guy, Chad Kelly? I mean... Um, he looked good in the opener. Of course, he's going to miss the. <laughs> he's going to miss two games for I don't know trying out a neighbor's couch at two in the morning. I guess. Well, uh, here's my problem, Chad Kelly and Philip Walker. That's why I'm seeing the logic that if Minnesota makes Slaughter available, you know, Slaughter okay. to me, you know, for two years I've been holding my own GoFundMe fund, you know, free Kyle Slaughter now. I mean, this was a guy that if he would have ended up in Big Blue two years ago, Daniel Jones would have been with some other team right now. Yeah. Well, let's talk Arizona. Kyler Murray, he uh, went number one overall, of course. This was the team that sent Rosen packing. They took, spent two first-round picks in two years on quarterbacks. Everybody's all over Murray. I'm loving him, uh, mainly because of the dual threat, his legs, that is big in fantasy. We know the Konami code from Rich Rebar who coined that phrase, a quarterback that can run. It's almost like a cheat code. Uh, look at what Lamar Jackson did last year from weeks 11 through 17. He was uh, quarterback number five in fantasy on his legs alone. He led the league from 11 to 17 in uh, fantasy points per dropback. Uh, he doubled the next highest runner, which I believe was Josh Allen, doubled him in attempts in weeks 11 through 17. Are we going to see what we saw in Lamar at the end of the year with Kyler, except he's also got an arm? Well, I'm not worried about Kyler Murray, the quarterback. I'm worried about Kyler Murray, uh, Murray's protection because he's playing behind probably the worst offensive line out there. That's why I think A.Q. Shipley returning from his injuries is going to be the starting center over Mason Cole with Cole possibly uh, battling for one of the guard spots. If I got a rookie center, I want a grizzled veteran snapping him the ball. My biggest concern is I thought they were going to end up uh, signing Tyrod Taylor. I thought they were going to end up signing Josh Johnson with Kingsbury's situation where he's saying, I'm only going to go in with two quarterbacks this season, having Brent Hundley backing up my rookie quarterback. I mean, even my rookie quarterback over there, if he walks up to Hundley and asks him something, and Hundley doesn't have that experience out there on the football field, I really would have liked to have a quarterback whisper, a grizzled veteran as a backup more so than Hundley. Something happens to Murray, they're going to have to go scrambling out there for quarterbacks. Yeah, as far as offensive line rankings, PFF has them rated 30th, uh, just you know, two worse than that. Uh, and last year, they were second most in total pressures, second most in hits allowed, second most in sacks. However, 
with this air raid offense that we are supposed to see from Kingsbury, might we be moving things a little faster and perhaps the quarterback won't be as in much of uh, danger as they put Rosen in last year? What with you this know, offense? Unless I got the first pick in fantasy football, and obviously I would take the quarterback out of Kansas City, I don't see any quarterback on the board right now worth me getting invested in until probably the third or fourth round. I think that you better go for wide receivers. You better go for running backs early because that's where the points are going to come from. If you look at the drop-off from Mahomes last year, his average point total, which was 21 points a game, to the second through the 13th guy, most of those guys were in the 17-point range. So I'm only talking about a four-point difference. I could wait till the third, fourth round. I'm telling people right now, if you're looking for a veteran quarterback that I think is going to emerge this year, shoot up to Chicago with the Bears. I think Trubisky is really going to be putting up some major points in fantasy football. I look at the situation where everybody loves Matty Ice down with the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm looking at a situation on the right side where I'm starting a rookie right guard. I almost started a rookie right tackle till he ended up with heart surgery. Now I'm ending up with a third stringer over there. My problem is Matt Ryan is not the most mobile quarterback, so if something happens on that offensive line where they can't protect him, it doesn't matter if I got Julio Jones or a Ridley or a Sanu. I'm not going to be able to throw that ball if I'm laying flat on my butt. Well, with with redraft, I'm a, I'm a late-round guy. J.J. Zacharyson coined the term. Uh, I mean, you know, you've got Kyler Murray, who's going about in the fourth round right now, first quarterback – or I'm sorry, not Kyler Murray um, – uh, uh, what's his name? Mahomes is going in the fourth round. Murray's going about in the 10th, Lamar, the 11th. I'm happy to wait till double digit rounds to get me a uh, Kyler Murray, to get me a Lamar Jackson. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's going after that. Uh, Josh Allen's going after that. I like a mobile quarterback that I can get in the double digit rounds. I'm really excited about Lamar Jackson, but, uh, even Kyler Murray, I think it could be quite exciting to see what he can bring to the table. Well, if I had to go for a rookie quarterback, I would wait till the tail end of the draft, and his name would not be Daniel Jones or even Dwayne Haskins, because I'm looking at two guys over here. I think that New York Giants are going to try to prove a point that we're going to give Daniel Jones to Patrick Mahomes situation. However, I look at Ryan Finley with the Cincinnati Bengals, where already their second-string quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, has been asked to work out at wide receiver. You know when I got a new coach over there, a coach looks at Andy Dalton as a stepson. If they stumble and fumble coming out of the gate, especially with the way that he's looked in training camp, I see Ryan Finley stepping in by at least after the fourth game of the season. And if they end up cutting Driscoll, it would not surprise me if they try to stash Jacob Dolegaller on their practice squad because this is a kid that I really want to work on. I think several years down the road, someone's going to find a find in that guy. Well, and this is the kind of stuff Dynasty players tune in for. Uh, in redraft, I don't think anybody's really going besides Kyler Murray. That's about the only rookie that's going. In Dynasty, now we're talking some other guys that are opening up. And Oh, geez, on Dynasty, I'll tell you right now, the one guy I'm grabbing, I, you probably won't see him on the field for two years, but I think Easton Stick is the heir apparent to Phillip Rivers with the Chargers. Yeah, you're Everyone... talking about him. Why, why do you like Easton Stick so much? Easton Stick, to me, was a better performer than Carson Wentz coming out of college. This guy is simply a smart man. He's a mobile type of quarterback. To me, he's Rich Gannon 2.0+. plus. I see this kid continuing his development. You've got to understand, he came out of a run-oriented situation. But here's a guy, too. He's a four-time national champion. So even though you say, okay, it was the FCS level, even at the FCS level, you win four championships out there. You've got to have some jazz in your game. You look at what he does out there. You look at what they got. They could be patient because they got Tyrod Taylor backing up Rivers. Cardell Jones is more than likely going to be a waiver wire cut over here with Stick sticking around. The thing, too, is I look at Stick right now. I could use him possibly in a Taysom Hill role. I could bring him in as a wildcat knowing about his running ability. This is a guy that averaged seven yards a run. For a quarterback to average seven yards a pop out there, it gives me a different element. What about bringing in stick, considering you got to look at the Melvin Gordon situation? What happens if I want to go with a trick play? I know how good this kid could run. Melvin Gordon's not there. I'm looking at Justin Jackson and Eckler as my running backs. Why not bring stick in for a few plays along with Rivers in that backfield? Could you imagine the aging Rivers going out on a flea flicker? 
Well, they could even use them uh, in the way they use Lamar when Flacco would move over and do absolutely nothing, uh, but they'd bring in Lamar or even the way they use Taysom Hill down in New Orleans. Easton Sticks got the measurables. Workout metrics, he was 93rd percentile for his 40-yard dash, 462. He's 81st percentile in a burst score, 100th percentile in agility score. So he is an athlete. He's really a solid athlete that can get it done. And, you and know, they took him fifth round. Number, Mo. I mean, another number is 3.98. That was his GPA. So I know this is a kid that's going to come in and digest the playbook for me. Now, he's got Tyrod Taylor in front of him, and he's he, too, is a mobile quarterback. But Tyrod's more of a journeyman, right? I mean, But that's the whole thing. I could develop stick knowing yeah. that if something happens to Rivers, Taylor is the next man up. I'm not looking at a situation if Rivers goes down that I put Cardell Jones in there unless I want the first pick in the draft next year. Well, certainly redrafters are focused on Connor Murray for the rookies, but dynasty guys, probably the second guy off the board in all likelihood would be uh, Haskins. Dwayne Almost Haskins. definitely. I mean, they've already said that McCoy is going to start. They're already looking at uh, trade feelers out there for Case Keenum. I see Haskins coming in early, but like I said the other day when we were talking about wide receivers, if Haskins comes in at quarterback, watch the Ohio State wide receiver to come in in tandem with him. So if I'm going ahead and looking at the bottom of my draft, if I'm drafting Haskins, I also got to go ahead and draft McLaurin because I know these two are going to be an instant click on the football field. My biggest concern in Washington right now is who's going to play left tackle for me because Trent Williams is not coming home. Yeah, what about a little trade there down for uh, Houston's? Uh, well, Houston you need to look needs... at what the quasi-general manager, who I call uh, O'Brien down there, Captain yeah. Quig, uh, I see him going ahead and trading Clowney. Clowney, yeah. imagine Clowney and Sweat together on that Washington defensive line along with Ryan Kerrigan. If I'm a fantasy guy and I'm looking for a defense, okay, they got holes other places, but if I'm looking at those three on the team together, or at least I know they're going to rack up seven. Houston needs help at the left tackle position. It makes mm-hmm. logic for them to go ahead and go ahead and trade for Trent Williams. However, Clowney for Trent Williams, I don't see as an even up trade. Washington will more than likely have to sweeten the offer. And if Washington playing a game right now, no, 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 we're not entertaining offers for Trent Williams. They're trying to posture themselves because I don't see them getting more than a third rounder for the guy. Won the $11 million price tag. How are you going to fit somebody like that in? on a roster right now there's very few teams minnesota would love to trade for them but rick spielman is so far over the cap right now he's looking for guys to cut so you turn around and look at the situation down at houston i mean they got a franchise quarterback in watson but watson probably had the dirtiest uniform of any quarterback in the league not named russell wilson last year well, in Houston, I mean, they were terrible at the offensive line last year. Uh, their PFS projecting them to be just as bad this year, 31st out of 32. They did pay attention to that spot in the draft. They got Howard, uh, 78th pick. Yeah, uh, but Howard, here's the thing, especially if I get Williams, I permanently place Howard over at my left guard spot, and I take care of two issues. Hmm. Khalil's not going to be the uh, the left tackle coming into the 2020 season. Hell, I wouldn't even have him as my left tackle for 2019 based on his poorest play over at Carolina over the years. And I hmm. think the Jets are seeing the same situation with his brother. They go out and lay $8.4 million on a center that still hasn't stepped on even the practice field up there in Jetland. Yeah, there's some some offensive line to to be wary of for sure. Miami is one. Donald, too. I'm looking with the Jets. That's another logical place where I go ahead and talk to Washington about Trent Williams. And with Joe Douglas in charge, knowing that everybody is saying no more than a three, if I'm Joe Douglas right now, I keep on rolling my dice and say, hey, Washington, I'll give you a two for Trent Williams, and I'm protecting the blind side of Sam Donald much better than the Kelvin Beecham. Well, speaking of Donald, he looked good. He played a lot and uh, played, well, one series, I guess, but put together a pretty nice drive against the Giants, but uh, completed four out of five for 68 yards and a touchdown. Do you think Donald takes a leap this year? 
the only way he's going to leap is leaping over an oncoming pass rusher unless they address the issues on that offensive okay. line, Mo. It's that bad. You know, I, like I say, you know, I'm looking at a Rolls-Royce at quarterback over here, but if I got a bunch of Mack trucks coming in and putting a few dents in him, I'm wondering what I'm going to have near the end of the season. He's going to be under constant pressure, and that's the thing that scares me with Sam Donald. That's why I'm telling people right now, if you want the biggest riser out of quarterback over here, you want a guy that's going to put up a lot of numbers for you, head up to Chicago Bear territory. Yeah, you brought him up uh, the other day, too. Trubisky, night he, and day, he Mo, can get it done with his legs. I, I mean, I was, okay. over, I was in OTAs. I was watching this guy in minis. I'm really impressed with the way that Trubisky, is, uh, Trubisky has embraced everything. And I think Matt Nagy right now and him are, are so much on the same page. This is going to be an excellent situation up at Chicago, especially with that David Montgomery addition in the backfield. He now has a guy that he could dump off to. Uh, if Trey Burton could make it back from his injury woes over here, here's Trubisky with another option as far as my underneath my drag routes with a quality tight end. Yeah, they got some tight end injuries for sure. Uh, Trey Adam Martin, Shaheen is another guy. Ben yeah. Bronacher. I mean, they got three tight ends that if they could keep them out of the trainer's room over there. Yeah, the whole thing in the NFL is don't go for the home run ball. I mean, all you got to do ten times is get a first down and you got yourself six points on the board. Well, I remember in the wide receiver show you were talking up Anthony Miller. Lord knows you were talking up David Montgomery. I put him on for the cover of the running back show. So you're like the naggy offense to take a jump this year. Yeah, I definitely do. I think the defense will regress, so the offense is going to have to progress. Uh, yeah, how, how could they not? They were so playing above the bar last year, their defense. Um, well, I think their problem this year is going to be in the secondary. Even though they got quality players back there, I think the loss of Adrian Amos and Callahan is going to affect them much more than they're letting on. Yeah, hi-hi, Clinton Dix. They got Amukamara, uh, Kyle Fuller, Buster Screen, the screen door. <laughs> yeah, as much as I like Dix, you know, you got a guy that everybody laughs at, you know, look at his first name. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they got some woes at the at the backfield there, but it uh, should be an interesting division this year. Well, I um, think we're going to see a lot of change at quarterback, though. You know, even though we're talking about rookies here, you know, uh, Fitz Magic down at uh, Miami is not going to last long. And if you look at what's happened in the last week or so down there in practice, Josh yep. Rosen has been getting the bulk of the first team snaps. You look at what he did in the exhibition. Rosen's got a chip on his shoulder. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. But after the blatant, how can I put it, disregard that the Cardinals gave him, he's got something to prove out there on the football field. And when I got a first-year coach over there, what the hell do I got to lose? I mean, for that first-year coach, this year is nothing but a schneid anyway. Even if I finish 1-15, I'm still going to be around in year two unless I sit out there and talk to Mr. Joseph. Yeah. Well, I certainly like uh, Rosen. I like him. He's a, like you said, chip on his shoulder. I think he went 10th, um, wanted to go higher than that. Um, he was put in a situation destined to fail in Arizona. Well, I'm looking at a situation that scares me even more. I got a rifle arm quarterback like Josh Allen, and I got three of Snow White's uh, little men out there at wide receiver. That's what bothers me. I can't go into this season with my wideouts all being slot guys. Hmm. With uh, John Brown, Zay Jones, and, and Beasley, even yeah, Foster. Well, you're looking at those guys uh, right now. You know, if they showed up at the bar, you definitely would have to card them. <laughs> yeah. And I'm surprised Foster is kind of struggling in camp. He uh, lit it up the end of the year last year, um, but it seems he hasn't made the jump that we all want to see him make. Well, there's a little sleeper over there uh, who had hernia surgery last year that ended up with their first touchdown in a preseason uh, that I think might end up grabbing that last spot, and that's Cam Phillips. I remember you talking about Cam Phillips last year, or maybe even two years ago. Um... No, it was last numbers year. down at Virginia Tech, and not only that is, I could bring Cam Phillips in, and if something happens with an Andre Roberts as my kickoff and punt returner, I got my next man up over there in Cam Phillips. Yeah, I like Cam Phillips. He's a good dynasty stash for those of you out there to see what, what happens. Because like you say, John Brown, Zay Jones, Cole Beasley, these are the guys that are 
starting. It's not a who's who in the list of pass catchers. Well, that's um, why I'm not ecstatic about all of the talk out of the dog pound. I think that we might see a regression of Baker Mayfield this <laughs> year. In a way, it might do him well because I think right now the uppity quarterback needs to be taken down a peg. Okay, you think so, Baker Mayfield? I, a lot of people like that about him, right? That well, he, uh... you know, you're sitting out there with Odell, and you're sitting out there with Jarvis Landry, but I also look at Odell's medical records the last two years, and look what happened with the Giants when Odell was out. You look at the Cleveland Browns right now. If Odell goes down, especially early in the season, Callaway's going to be out there serving a suspension. They really have no backup-quality receivers to step in and take double-team pressure off of Landry, and Landry right now is not the modern possession guy. So, you know, you double team on that, you really negate his entire passing game. Well, he looked good in that drive, finished with one uh, perfect quarterback ranking, completed five of six for 77 and a TD in uh, Thursday night's win over Washington. Um, I certainly am excited about Cleveland. I hope it all comes together. I just want to see some good football, you know? Well, you might see some good football down with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but if Nick Foles go down, look what's going on. Their sixth-round draft pick, Gardner Minshew, right now has been elevated to number two. (laughs) That's another quarterback situation that I have to watch because unless Andrew Norwell could play like 2017, the line still has issues, and you don't know what type of Leonard Fournette you're going to get out there on the football field. Well, Leonard Fournette supposedly has rededicated himself. He's feeling the best he's ever felt. He's eating better. He's mentally better. So we'll see. I, I, I don't wish injury on anybody. I just want to see the guy play. You know, I'm tired of him being in doubt so often. I think they might end up regretting letting T.J. Yeldon walk because if Fournette goes yeah. down, we're, we're talking about a bunch of backups that are going to be introducing themselves to the quarterback in the huddle. Well, let's see. Uh, how about quickly on Jones in the, at the Giants? Over, under, how many games is Jones going to start? None. I, None? I think, you think, Eli? I think that they're going to make a point over here to give him the Kansas City chief rookie treatment. I think what's going to come down to that if anything happens with Manning, they'll probably end up going with Alex Tanney before Jones. Hmm. Just so ownership, just so general mannership could go ahead and prove a point. All right, that's interesting. I don't think he certainly not redrafters, but uh, I'm not even paying attention to him much in dynasty. Well, I'm telling you, one guy that has to pray that their rookie ends up keeping on falling flat on their face is Nate Sudfeld. Philadelphia right now is looking to bring in another quarterback. Sudfeld's probably going to miss at least the first six games of the season. That elevates Cody Kessler up to number two behind Wentz. We know about Wentz's injuries. Kessler actually was uh, moving ahead of Sudfeld even before Sudfeld's uh, wrist injury. The only thing that would save Sudfeld's job over there is if Clayton Thorson does not progress the way that they want. And we saw what he did in week one of the exhibition. That kid's got a lot of growing up to do. What about two others real quick, and let's move on to tight ends because they're a bit more exciting. But uh, Will Greer, of course, he's backing up Cam. Uh, Drew Locke, though, in Denver, he might see the, the field this year with only Flacco in front of him. What do you think about Drew Locke or Will Greer? It wouldn't surprise me if they end up keeping two rookies at quarterback. I think Kevin Hogan is right now looking at Brett Ripien that's come in and is really impressed. As a matter of fact, if you talk to Fangio, Fangio likes Ripien even better than Locke. Logically, John Elway with his quarterback folly, look at all of those early yeah. picks and the, the trades over the years. You know, when you got a great quarterback mind that does not mind bringing in gambles at quarterback over here, I think it's going to be Flacco and uh, then Locke uh, logically coming in, but Locke still has a lot of work to do. I think Locke's problem is he has those mental lapses out there on the football field and tries to push too much, and that's going to be a problem. Moving forward, whether he's a rookie or whether he's a veteran, that issue is going to remain. Well, any other quarterbacks to bring up? It was not the best batch, and of course, we got 2020 around the corner. Corner, but uh, any other quarterbacks you've got your eye on, or fantasy players should should know well, about? Well, my eye later? is down at Carolina, my friend, because if Cam Newton goes down, Kyle okay. Allen, Will Greer, oh. and Taylor Heineke, then none of these guys are the type they're going to be able to step in for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not too much going with Will Greer. Uh, he did toss a touchdown. Uh, in his uh, opener, I believe, Thursday night against the Bears, rushed for 20 yards, but not as exciting. And I don't know how he's going to get ahead of, you know, Cam anyway. They got Kyle Allen ahead of him. So 
I don't I see much look chance at the for backup issue around the league, Paul uh, Mo, and that's where we're going to see some problems. I mean, Seattle, Geno Smith going down. This now moves Paxton Lynch up, and I can't even see Paxton Lynch wearing a uniform. They did bring in J.T. Barrett there, but they're a little precarious on their death behind Russell Wilson. I think the team that probably has the best death going on right now is New Orleans with Bridgewater and Hill. Hill's going to get points uh, other ways. Uh, I look at Blake Bortles being a capable backup to Jared Goff down with the Rams, but otherwise we're we're looking at teams that don't even have a decent number two out there if something happens to your starter. Well, let's shift to the tight end, and of course my team is the Detroit Lions, and they got perhaps the best of the draft, although it's yet to be settled, but tell me about TJ Hawkinson. Now, of course, he's behind Jesse James, who they got from Pittsburgh in the offseason. It takes a while for tight ends to develop, but um, Hawkinson is one of your guys, is he not? Oh, Hawkinson's going to come in. He'll be among the top five tight ends as far, especially fantasy-wise, going forward. I mean, as soon as he showed up in camp, he was just beating the hell out of that secondary in the linebacking unit. I think that what we're going to see over here, Jesse James handling most of the underneath stuff, being the blocker. But Hawkinson, it would not surprise me to see him line up wide. Imagine the physicality with Kenny Galladay on one side, Hawkinson on the other, going down and facing those five foot ten cornerbacks. Well, a lot of this, there was a lot of debate about the tight ends. And in fact, the two biggest ones uh, both came from Iowa, right? So we've got Hawkinson, who I know you like. I'm not a Font fan, and I think that they're going to be in trouble there. I think moving Troy Fumagalli over to the H-Box spot, we might see him on the field more than Font. I think Jeff Ehrman's going to step in and play the, the, the blocking type of role there, but we saw from Font even over at Ohio State, he's a one-cut runner. He might have speed, but the thing is, when you've got people in the NFL that has just as much speed as you at tight end among the linebackers and uh, the safeties, it's going to be a, a quite a bit of adjustment for Font. It would not surprise me if Font ends up being one of, how could I put it, the looming bust at a tight end. Now, however, mm-hmm. I head down at Oakland, I look at the situation over there with Darren Waller. Here's a yeah. guy that spent a year out on suspension now all of a sudden as a starter for Oakland I'm telling you they got a very smart kid and I think Gruden is a little afraid to put him in as a starter but this is the guy I stash on my roster because I say that early in the season Foster Moreau steps in as their uh, starting tight end and Foster Moreau 22 years old Foster Moreau taken in the fourth round very end of the fourth round uh, lots of fantasy players are in best balls taking Waller at the end. He's a popular pick going about 17, 18th round. Moreau not even going at all. He did have Moreau. He's got the, the long arms. He's got good reach. He's a 90th percentile in catch radius. Do you think a rookie can get on the field this year in Oakland? Well, you look at what Oakland does over there, and they got a quarterback mind in John Gruden. Gruden knows that he's going to have to move the ball with his quarterback. You look at the running back situation. Josh Jacobs, to me, man, is still a wild card. This is a guy that has not had too many carries down in Alabama. Okay, I like that he doesn't have too many carries, but it also scares me at the same time. Now, you look at what they did in the draft, man. I mean, Josh Oliver up with Jacksonville, I think he could give Josh Swain a, a good run for the money by mid season. I love Dawson Knox, uh, the way he's catching the ball up at Buffalo. I think this is a guy that's going to be a really big star down the road. But you want to laugh something? Look at the New York Giants. Look at the street free agent that they brought in down there, uh, that kid C.J. Conrad. I'm telling you, he's probably going to be the second most critical guy on the football field, especially when you're looking at the problems that they have at wide receiver. Look for C.J. Conrad's uh, uh, reps in practice. Look for his snaps in the game to greatly increase as the season goes on. C.J. Conrad. Yeah, I, I love this guy. I mean, you, you look at Scott Simonson, Garrett Dickerson, Red Ellison. They can't hold this guy's jockstrap. And you look at hmm, Evan Eggroom, you know, quality receiver type, but, you know, block. I don't stinking block. You know, he's back over there doing his own Eli Wallach uh, 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 yeah, uh, type of venue. But I see Conrad as being a star in this league. Hey, remember, this was a team that got some quality out of Kevin Mo- a Boss years ago. I think C.J. Conrad could be the guy to emerge at the tight end position, but he's also the type of guy that I want to stare somewhere. Same thing with the water polo player up at uh, Houston. I 
think that Jordan Aikens and Jordan, uh, and Jordan Thomas will start there, but I really like Khalil Waring, but this is the type of guy that I look at more so in the second half of the year as injuries continue to hit with Houston. Well, what about, you mentioned a few names here, certainly Dawson Knox. This is a name that lots of fantasy players are taking, uh, best ball going into the draft to Buffalo. Is he going to have that clay type of um, niche he can carve out there with Josh Allen? This kid's a cannibal. I mean, you look at what he's been doing in practices and everything, and you got to go back to Ole Miss. I mean, you had a Metcalf and A.J. Brown or a Loach. Obviously, he was the fourth option when it came to receiving the ball. But this is a guy, too. He's the only uh, tight end coming out in this draft outside of T.J. Hawkinson that received a blocking consistency grade above 90%. This guy ran with a 93% blocking consistency grade, so at least I know he's going to protect Austin. Uh, he's going to protect Josh Allen out there. But as far as size, athletic ability, physicality of this guy, he could be another Tyler Effort before it's all over with. Really? And that's what fantasy players want. We don't get points for block and we want those receptions, catches, touchdowns early in the season. Well, Go ahead, go ahead. You look at what's going on out there. Like I say, you know, the best friend of any quarterback is your tight end. That's your safety valve. And, you know, I like him paired with a, a scrambling quarterback like Josh Allen, who doesn't necessarily do it on a called play, but looks to do it when the play breaks down, looks up, might see Knox, who is right now he's second on the depth chart, but Tyler Croft is on the pup list. So we shall see. He's certainly getting some snaps. Uh, Dawson Knox uh, in camp, but he's still not not showing his best game, I don't think. Um, recently, well, Coach Sean McDermott said uh, his hamstring is getting better, but not ready to practice. Uh, he tweaked his hamstring uh, late July, I believe, but you like what this kid can do, what you saw in college. Yes, I do, and I like what I saw from him in OTA during minicamp. Now you go down to yep. San Francisco. Here's another sleeper that I like down there. George Kittle is one of the top three tight ends you're going to take in the draft. However, I'm looking at a situation when they go to double tight end formation, it's not going to be Stanford's uh, uh, Levine Toilo coming in. Yep. I think that sixth-round draft pick, Caden Smith, is going to be the guy. Look at his numbers last year. There was a reason he was a finalist for the Mackey Award. Mm. Yeah, it's you know, if he six. didn't have senior six crappy round. pants up at Indianapolis and running that 4-9 and change, he would have gone a whole lot earlier in the sixth round. Well, let me ask you about a guy that dynasty players are interested in. I haven't even seen him going in best balls, but early in the season when we thought Minnesota, they it, Kyle Rudolph didn't get the, the contract yet. We thought they might be pushing him out the door. A lot of people really liked Irv Smith, and then they locked up Rudolph. Do you like Irv Smith long-term, career? Uh, long term, but this is a guy, too, that I'm looking at. Let's go back and look at 2020. Now, a guy that I see stepping in right now uh, in the NFC North, I don't see Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis as being the all-tell-all for Aaron Rodgers. He's really having good chemistry over there with Jay Sternberger. I see Sternberger pushing one of those guys for a starting job before week one. Sternberger, okay. So let's let me phrase it like this. Outside of Hawkinson. Who might be the best offensive pass-catching tight end this year? Rookie. Um, among rookies? Yes. Oh, Knox, definitely. Okay. Knox is your number two. Yeah, because I'm looking at a situation where I got a rifle-arm quarterback like Allen, and he's got three slot receivers. So these guys are going to try to impersonate deep threats. And while that's going on, there I got a six foot seven guy over the middle saying, look at me, look at me. Well, another guy, okay, so Knox, what about um, in Jacksonville? They, they've got Jeff Swaim, who's their starter right now. But what about Josh Oliver? He oh, can... Oliver's, Oliver's going to fit in well over there. I think okay. Oliver definitely will be their number two guy, even over O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, you got to look so. at, too, they got a decent blocker there in Ben Koyak. But I, I'm really, it wouldn't surprise me if Swaim ends up moving over, shifting over to more blocking duties with Oliver being the pass catcher. Because I think Oliver's got a bigger, easier path than, say, a Sternberger who's got, you know, Jimmy Graham, although I don't know how long for the league he is, Mercedes Lewis and Toynian. Sternberger, they got a full chart there at Green Bay. You still have confidence in Sternberger that he can get on the field, though. 
Well, you go back and look at one of their rivals in the AFC South, which worries me. You got the Liney Walker coming off of his mm-hmm. injuries. You got John U. Smith still out on the pup list. You got Anthony Fersker, who they thought was going to uh, be the guy for them uh, moving forward, who can't even catch the ball. He looks like that receiver from Necessary Roughness. Could Michael Pruitt finally, finally get his opportunity to show over there? I think there's going to be a tight end issue all year with the Titans. Well, is there any players, uh, quarterback or rookie tight end we haven't talked about, or even, you know, second or third year guy that might take a leap that you uh, think we should know about? Ooh, you know me, man. I got short-term memory. I think we've talked about a good portion of them. We did. We did. (laughs) I I think we covered all 243 in a draft. (laughs) Well, speaking of the draft, well, we got a little bit of time left. Maybe a little IDP. Some of us do play uh, in defensive leagues. We had a lot of defensive tackles go early and often. Uh, First one of the bunch being Quinn and Williams, Jets. You had uh, Ed Oliver. Going up to Buffalo there, Christian Wilkinson, Miami, Dexter Lawrence, Jeffrey Simons. What tight end do you think is going to break out this year? Uh, Defensive end, you mean? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Defensive uh, tackle. Sorry. Well, my, my sleeper, of course, is down at Atlanta. I think John Kaminsky, especially learning under Adrian Claiborne over there, is going to be a manster. And we've seen what's gone on with Beasley. We've seen what's gone on with Takaris McKinley. These are two guys that have been found wanting with the, the Falcons. So they're really on a short leash this year. Kaminsky, that fourth-round draft pick, as soon as he learns how to play the position, this guy's going to be racking them up. But as far as sacks go, it, it, it depends on where they play him, which Bob Sheard right now still nursing from knee surgery. I think Ben Bonagou, the guy that they took out of TCU, whether he starts at strong side linebacker or starts at the left defensive end spot, this guy is going to be in the backfield often. I'm looking at what the Giants have done. I got to go back to his freshman year at Clemson when he played defensive end. Now, 350 pounds at defensive end is quite a bit of a load. This guy had six and a half sacks. He had 18 tackles for losses as a freshman, Dexter Lawrence. I think he's going to be a boon for the Giants defensive line. However, I go behind him, and I look at the X-Man, I look at Golden, I look at uh, uh, Lorenzo Carter, who I think is going to have a major breakout season, and while the Giants might not exactly put points up on the board, at least this year they're going to get to the quarterback. Okay. Um, What about another position? Hand down in the dirt, defensive end. You had Bosa going number two overall. Uh, Clellan Farrell, kind of a surprise, going to Oakland, uh, number four overall. And Brian Burns went to Carolina. These are the top three defensive ends taken in the draft, I do believe. What, what do you think of these? this trio? I like Burns, but I think that with his uh, size-weight factor, I'd much rather play him in the second level, especially with Thomas Davis vacating his spot. I'd much rather see him as a linebacker. Nick Bosa, to me, is a bust. You know, he's going to be more like John Bosa, his father, spending more time in the training room than mm-hmm. being his brother Joey by being on the football field. I like the pickup of D. Ford down there. I think D. Ford's going to be a quality pass rusher for San Francisco, but Solomon Thomas is proven that he's better off playing inside. That guy is not a defensive end. So if Bosa does not come along, D. Ford's going to see a lot of double-team coverage. You're going to see him being smothered with the, with the blocks. I like what's going on up with Washington. I think Washington, you know, with, uh, with Sweat, this is a guy that I'm going to see at least by midseason putting up the numbers. And even though that everybody is stuck on pass rushing, I like base defensive ends a whole lot, too. And I think Oakland did a very nice job of picking up Cleveland Ferrell. I much I might be one of the few out there to say that, but okay. I think Ferrell will give them at least seven or eight sacks a year. Ooh. All right. And, now, uh, the defense that I love, two defenses that I love, I like the aggression going on with Indianapolis, especially if you're going to have Andrew Lookout for a while. That defense is going to have to step up. They got a kid over there, EJ Speed, the fifth rounder out of TJ, uh, out of uh, Tarleton State. I think this kid is going to be aces, especially if Bonagou ends up being on the first level. Speed could force his way in like Darius Leonard did last year. I think Indianapolis' defense 
defense is one of the sleeper defenses out there. However, Todd Bowles, what he's doing down at Tampa Bay, especially having the best uh, uh, off-base linebacker down there and Devin White now to add to the fray, bringing in Sue for the defensive line. Yep. Tampa Bay is one of those defenses that I definitely have to look at as being a priority putting together my, friend, uh, my uh, fantasy team. Well, that's the thing. Defenses go late, and so many times people are drafting from from last year. I mean, Seattle ain't what she used to be, and yet they're still going. Jacksonville looked horrible at the end of the year last year, and they're still one of the top three defenses picked. So you yeah, like. But- it's like college, you know. This is what makes me laugh. If you ever see the preseason top twenty-five, then go look in December, and right. you know ninety percent of those teams are no longer there. There's such a constant turnover, especially in the NFL right now, as far as where pass rusher types go. Yeah. I mean, I like Quinn and Williams and, and all, but I think that Dexter Lawrence is going to have a better season with the Giants, and Quinn and Williams is going to have with the New York Jets. Okay. Well, that is good to know. Uh, well, and I'm then, looking at the Seattle situation. While they got the head case out the door and Frank Clark, I'm really not sold on L.J. Collier coming in and being much of an impact down there. And you're looking at Ziggy Ansah right now. He's probably going to open up the season still being hurt. I think the wild card for them over there was going to be the kid that they took out of the third round last year, Rasheem Green out of USC. Yeah, he used to be the, deep, the Legion of Boom. Now it's the Legion of Who. I don't know who there is on that team anymore. <laughs> Um, what other defenses do you like? You talked about Indy as being a bit of a sleeper, Tampa Bay defense as being a sleeper. These are defenses no one's really talking about. Any I like Chicago. Like? I love Chicago's front seven. I hate oh, the yeah. secondary. I think the loss of Amos, the loss of Callahan is really going to affect that secondary. Yeah, we were talking a little bit. You expect some regression there in Chicago, right? Yeah, I've seen regression there, but I'm telling you guys right now, uh, it, it, they might not be a great defensive team, but a guy that's going to walk away with AFC a defensive rookie of the year or the kid that I've been examining for weeks on end up here in New England, and that's Chase Winovich. I oh, predict double, I predict double-digit sacks with Chase Winovich this year. Wow. They, they, Gerard Mayo is going to unleash the dog in Chase. Okay. And Chase I just Winovich. hope that the veterans over there don't give the rookies haircut because I think Chase Winovich with that long hair, it could be a Samson and Delilah situation. <laughs> All right. Chase and I'm looking at Dietrich Wise also stepping up his game over there because Michael Bennett on the other side will take a lot of the pressure off. I think Wise is ready to step up. They're not going to suffer from the loss of Trey Flowers ending up in Detroit. What about Pittsburgh? You like them? Yeah, I love Pittsburgh. I mean, they were solid defense, and now we're adding Devin Bush there. They finally whoop. found the answer to taking care of the Ryan Shazier situation. I mean, yeah. Mark Barron, John Bostic, uh, those guys were puzzling uh, pickups to begin with, but bringing in Bush, you got the second-best linebacker among the rookies. And that's yeah. why I like Chicago's front seven. I think Raquan Smith is going to step it up to the next level, and even though everybody is going Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack over there, I think Smith carries on the tradition of the great linebacker to come out of Chi-Town. So you said Devin Bush, third best rookie linebacker, or second best rookie linebacker. He was the third taken with uh, Devin White going to Tampa in front of him, Josh Allen going to Jacksonville. Which oh, are the uh, guys- Don't get me wrong. I like Josh Allen and everything right. else, but I just think that Devin Bush is the more complete type of player. You know, Allen, if you look at Allen against the run, man, this guy could get pushed back quite a bit. I mean, Allen's whole predication is coming in as a, a, a sack specialist. And that's why I'm looking at Cincinnati with Jermaine Pratt, the former safety, now playing weak side outside linebacker. He could give Jordan Evans a run for the money. And I think that if you unleash Pratt over here, especially with the way that uh, uh, he played down at uh, North Carolina, this is a guy over here that could be another wild card. Get up with the Miami Dolphins, fifth-round draft pick. This guy had played at three schools and still had 45 tackles for loss. Andrew Van Ginkle uh, coming out of Wisconsin. I think he's going to be one of the better red rushers that you're going to find out there as as far as second-level defenders go. And I'm really in love with EJ Speed. I think Speed is going to be a monster for Indianapolis. We're going to see the second coming of Darius Leonard. So, Dave, got it. we're wrapping it up here. You oh, are... oh, 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 one, one more place. I'm oh, so oh, sorry. Please, please. That's you what you got the law firm of Smith & Smith with Green Bay. Guys, man, those two guys are going to just be 
killer. And then you got backing them up, Kyle Fackler and Rashawn Gary. Yeah, Green Bay's going to be sending those dogs in left and right. Mr. Petrine's got himself some very, very young, hungry guys. I could see why they let Daniels walk. All right, so we got Green Bay defense to watch. Certainly Chicago, Indy, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa to me is the type of team that I could go real late in the draft and end up with a, a team that's probably going to score probably among the top five among defenses. Oh, that's what we want to hear, scoring defenses. Well, that's the name of the game. If you look at Bowles, Bowles was taking out of his element by being a head coach with the Jets. But as far as defense goes, I mean, we're talking about a mastermind here. And with those three great heads on offense over here, I say Tampa making a great rise. I see, how could I put it, the Jameis Winston that everybody expected to be out there on the football field. But Devin White will be even more important to Winston on offense. Devin White will be on defense for Tampa Bay. Yeah, top uh, linebacker taken in or the draft from LSU. That's exciting. I'm I'm really excited for Bruce Arians to come to town and see what he can do with Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, uh, you like it when the retread coaches come out of retirement. And, you know, Arians got a lot to prove. I think there was a lot of unsaid aspects that made him walk away from the Arizona situation. Say so you're uh, leaving the – Patriots camp shortly. Well, where are you heading? Yeah, I'm, I'm heading down to the Disaster Master, Washington. I mean, I'm real curious to see how the players are uh, down there. I mean, uh, Washington already started making calls yesterday about Case Keenum to see if anybody might have an interest. But if they go into the season with Colt McCoy at quarterback, make sure you pick up Haskins on the second day, of, uh, second part of your draft. And like I say, a situation like that, Haskins, McLaurin, you got to go 1A and 1B on that show. Yeah, they were college teammates, right? Haskins McLaurin? Yeah, I mean, you look at what's uh, look at Paris Campbell. Uh, you know, you look at the receivers that are left behind at Ohio State. Even with those guys out, I think Ohio State will have one of the first receivers off the board in K.J. Hill. And I think K.J. Hill could eventually end up being better even in New Orleans' Michael Thomas. Ooh. Yeah, next year's draft. We're going to have to get with you early and often, talking 2020. Well, if you need a tight end for next year's draft, right now I'm predicting the next New England Patriots great at that position is residing down at South Florida. Folks, if you get an opportunity, if you're a college guy, look at Mitchell Wilcox, the tight end down at South Florida. Tell me you do not find a tougher, better tight end in college football than him. Yeah, 2020 is going to be exciting. I'm trying to stockpile some more picks for 2020 because that's really the year. This has been the year, I guess, of the wide receiver, uh, which we just did. We talked wide receiver with you. Today was quarterbacks, tight ends, and a little kicker, a little defense. Uh, anything else on your mind you want to share before we go? Well, look at the, the the 2020 draft just at the quarterback position. Everybody talks about Herbert. Everybody talks about Tawa. Everybody talks about Fromm. But I look at this kid, Danny White, at Memphis that I think could be a quality day two pickup at the quarterback spot. And I think that Jimmy Harbaugh right now with Shea Patterson – Michigan's going to make leaps and bounds this year. The biggest thing for Michigan is going to be if they beat Ohio State. And I'm sure that right now a bunch of SEC fans, especially those from Tuscaloosa, are probably going to hang me in effigy. But I see my playoff teams in the NCAA going to be Clemson, Michigan, Georgia, and mm, ready for this, not Alabama, but LSU. I think Alabama will have the most explosive offense out there on the field, but that defensive line is Nick Saban's Achilles heel. Yeah, next year college is going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm more looking forward to the draft uh, when we get to take some of these guys for fantasy. Uh, But that is certainly your specialty. So, um, hey, Dave, before the NFL kicks off, I know you're going to be floating around camps, and I know you've got personnel all over the place. Uh, Let's check in again and, and just talk some news if we could. Yeah, you know, especially before cutdown day, that would be yeah. a good time to talk because I'll probably be sitting out there like Kreskin with my crystal ball and saying, okay, guys, here's who's going out the door. These are the guys that you got to watch. I think we're going to continue to see a lot of rising out there, especially down in Miami. I'm real curious what's going to happen with the Kenny Stills situation. If ownership decides to boot him out the door, that sleeper wide receiver yeah. that I told you about, Preston Williams, he's ready to step into the starting lineup.
Yeah, he's going to be a fun kid to watch. Preston Williams already took him as a 20th round pick in the best ball just the other day. I'm excited to see what he's got. He, boy, I'm telling you right now, folks, go YouTube his four catches uh, in preseason week one. There they was were something else. Well, you, you look at what that kid could do out there. He did have a lot of trouble off the field earlier in his career. Yep. But, hell, if they keep on giving Tyreek Hill all of those chances over there, <laughs> I'm willing to see what Preston Williams could do with his uniform on. Dave T. Thomas, NFL scouting legend. You can hear him. Go check it out. Search the Scouts Honor podcast with Paul Crane. Uh, he does this and far more talking straight NFL. Dave T., it's always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Oh, anytime, Mo. You know that. You know, we both talk the same language. We're East Coasters. <laughs> yep, I love it. I love talking with you. And I, know I don't have to get the translator on. I mean, you know, the funny <laughs> thing was I was up in New York the other day, and my friends over there thought I had suffered a concussion. You're talking real slow. I am. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dave T. Thanks for, thanks for giving us some time again. We appreciate oh, it. Oh, no problem, folks. And remember what I say. Look at the youngsters to fill your roster later on down. Always keep on watching for the injuries. But outside of the Kansas City, quarterback don't waste a first round draft pick on a quarterback this year well folks that is dave t thomas nfl scout 50 years plus like i said scouts honor podcast give it a listen i am ff moz you can follow me on twitter ffmoz this has been episode 73 of the pyro life fantasy football podcast we will catch you on the flip side Oh,